the year is 2002. I'm Dave. 2003. Sorry. Wow. Mm-hmm. Stepping on my intro. That's stepping on it. It's just, <laughs> we're yeah. like deep into 2003. Just also. <laughs> claiming the intro for it's yourself. Fifth episode. <laughs> the year is 2003. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my marvelous year. Welcome to My Mogul Moves Here, the only comic book podcast where we teach you to get a 1,500% return on your investment, guaranteed. <laughs> My name is Zach. I invented the term passive income. Ooh. I'm joined by Dave, a legend in the startup community, made his name when he skirted animal breeding regulations by calling them puppy foundries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Charlotte, who is literally living in a gutter six months ago <laughs> and is now a billionaire three times over three because times. she popularized bustle culture bringing back those big wooden bustle? frames bustle culture those big wooden frames like that go under i feel like you're insulting me <laughs> the big bustle. wooden frames that go under dresses you know bustles am i having a stroke what's going on <laughs> fantastic introduction zach thank you for calling you. attention to my smart passive income days i am mm-hmm. all about you set it up once, you reap the rewards. It's easy. Anyone can do it. All you got to do is subscribe here to patreon.com slash year, and you will find out for yourself how we reap the benefits while you do the work. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next year. <laughs> see you next year. Yeah, you Please just have this. It's, uh, if you want to know all of our secrets, it's the $15 level on Patreon, but that unlocks you know the full course of uh my mogul moves year uh, which includes a five meal course you, you get a you mm-hmm. get a training yeah. course and you get a five meal a course. five meal course that's what with it's us a five meal course yeah yeah five right. <laughs> you get five meals across the one course um <laughs> yep back back in uh college or like maybe even a little earlier when i was like 20 um i have specific memories of me and one of my friends kind of uh partaking in god what it's the lamest thing old people to say when they want to talk about drugs and be like mm, partaking in some of the uh that good green stuff anyway we is were that what you're doing you're so old I, oh my gosh i was just about to at say least that. you called yourself we're, out self-awareness yeah i as soon as i said it i was embarrassed anyway we were high and uh <laughs> i remember we would talk about like you know what would be so cool is a business where you could like rent a puppy for the weekend right and like you don't have to commit to buying a puppy. You could just rent one for the weekend. And then we always kept coming back to the uh, the problem that you would have to just be running a puppy mill <laughs> doing that and trying to work around that. But we always wanted to get our, uh, our puppy rental business off the ground and it never would work. There's still time. There's still time, sadly. Mm-hmm. My big idea in college, completely mm-hmm. sober, in okay, class. Good. Thank God. In class was um, I remember we had to come up with like a business pitch. And I was like, you know, like, I feel like Napster had a lot of good ideas. Like, what if you 
just got it where you could just stream you know kind of everyone's catalogs and you just had and this so and i remember like the people i was with was like nah like that's you know isn't that just what, what napster is and like it'll never work that was that was spotify like three years later i invented spotify <laughs> <laughs> well before it became popular and i haven't seen a dime I haven't seen a dang dime I mean, that's a lawsuit right there. Like, <laughs> it's like that Mad Men thing where Pete Campbell's like, direct marketing. I came up with that idea. They also did independently, but it was my idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so point being, I'll see them in court. I will yeah. see them in court. Speaking of courts, welcome mm-hmm. to the court. Oh, I thought you were about to start courting one of us. I think I've already courted both of you successfully. Mm-hmm. You're here yeah. on, <laughs> every week. That's why we're still here. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I think I pulled that one off. Uh, we are going to be doing some comics today here on the My Marvelous Year podcast. Oh, yeah. Marvel Comics, where we go through the from the origins to today of Marvel. Today, 2003, part five, part four, part five. We're going to be talking a bunch of Spidey comics and a bunch of Daredevil comics. Uh, we got Brian K. Vaughn writing. We got J. Michael Straczynski writing. We got Brian Michael Bendis writing. If you've got three initials, no hair, and know how to write a comic, <laughs> welcome to the party, baby. I think JMS has hair, but yeah. He does. It, it just it fit for the other two. No, it, it mostly fit. Uh, I, I have a question for both of you. Did either of you read uh, outside of the list on Amazing Spider-Man or Daredevil? Hell No. I read about 20 extra issues. Whoa. Just for anyone who questions Whoa. my own extra issues. This is my modus here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we started, like, we left off at, like, issue 40 of Spider-Man. So I read, like, 40 through 46 or something. Ooh. And then also in Daredevil, I think actually Daredevil was less. It was only about, like, three or four issues that we had skipped over. <laughs> Dave, that damn rice cooker. <laughs> <laughs> rice is ready, boys. <laughs> um yeah it's uh yeah so i read especially it was a lot of extra spider-man um and then you skipped a little bit here and there so yeah i read all that I think stuff I've, so if i, think I, I if, already read a few years back the spider-man okay. stuff we'd read so i have an idea what's going on in those but I, I didn't read them again for the for the show just if i mention something that isn't like specifically in the uh the issues covered it's it's from that but powerful i would recommend you to read it powerful uh, flex i enjoy it like um yeah but the stuff like even actually I'll, I'll say specifically the Daredevil, the three-issue arc that is right before, I think it's 38, 39, and 40, uh, is really good in some of the best stuff that we didn't get to cover. It's pretty self-contained, so it is, I see why Dave, like, skipped it, but um, it's like a court case, and it's like one specific court case that Matt Murdock is trying, and it's uh, it's really well done. So. This this but Daredevil honest, run. You're just mad we didn't read anything about the Lobster Man. Lobster Man is a new favorite character. Oh yeah, Lobster Man. Lobster yeah, Man that's good. that's good stuff too. Lobster yeah. Man is enjoyable. Uh, this this Daredevil run is a read it all for me for sure. That was yeah. definitely yeah, emphasized sure. as I as I reread some of this again as we'll get into. I would not say AMS by JMS. People get so mad when I call it AMS um, because that gets it's Amazing Man Spider, <laughs> and for some reason in my head <laughs> yeah. it just sounds right. Well, uh, JMS, yeah. I always say that. yeah. I, th- I think that's it actually. Uh, but I would not say that's a read it all run for me. Uh, personally, but Zach, I appreciate that you went the extra mile. It's not like I'm like against it. It's not like it's a bad time. I just read it alls for me are like, this is fantastic and it's essential. Yeah, and if you I, like I comics, either. you should read everything. Yeah. Uh, Spider Man's going to be pick your poison. You know, I, I think for the Did Spidey heads, read... you will you'll okay, want to. Okay, question. <laughs> I, I'll be able to uh, answer it better if you can 
remind me what we read for Spider-Man. Did we read the zombie monster, the mobsters, the zombie mobster stuff? Okay, Uh -uh. that was skippable. (laughs) There's There's an arc here where, like, a gamma bomb goes off in the desert where, like, 13 mobsters who were killed in the the 60s were buried and then they became like a smushed together zombie hulk (laughs) and it it was like three issues and it was pretty in in the weeds of that stuff uh that's kind of skippable but what about the um the spider wasp woman was that in these is she the magical woman who follows him out of the astral realm the yeah. one no, it's the one the one who goes on CNN to say that he's really kinky. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, we did cover. Okay, because that that stuff was worth reading. That's that's the like the highlight. Okay, <clears> you know what? Let's start cool. here. Let's actually start there. Yeah, let's, so Spider Man, Spider Wasp Woman goes on TV, and <laughs> her plan is to destroy. She knows Peter Parker is Spider Man. Um, she goes on TV in the guise of I don't know some tell-all woman woman essentially <laughs> that's all yeah just yeah. Norm, instead of a supernatural looking thing she's just a normal looking woman and she's telling all about the true romance of spider-man and how he's cheating on his wife you know with her and, and he's really into kinky stuff and then spider-man gets really upset right this is upsetting Aunt may who knows peter spider-man this is upsetting mary jane who they're separated but she's like is could this be true but the you know what bothered me about this when spider-man confronts her he says there's no, there's one thing I care about, and it's my reputation. Yeah, I know. Peter weird, Parker right? cares the <laughs> most <laughs> about his re- Peter. You lost this battle in 1963. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he's mad. He's like, he's he bursts onto the uh, the news set and like looks like a menace. He looks like a damn menace, <laughs> and he starts punching this woman on TV uh-huh. because he's lost control so much. You know what else was uh, weird about that too? Yeah. The Fantastic yeah. Four are watching this. Because they have nothing better to do. And uh-huh, yeah. both Reed and Sue are like, I don't believe it. Not a word. Yet Mary Jane Watson, his wife, mm-hmm. who knows him better than anyone, taken yeah. f- taken hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> Just watching this on. Like, come on. That, that whole sequence, I was like, you know what? There's a lot of stuff I like here conceptually. I think uh, I actually really love the work John Romita Jr. does on this run. Oh I had forgotten God, how so much good. I like yeah. John Romita Jr. in this era of Amazing Spider-Man, you know, it, like it's it's because it's twenty years later and he's still on the book. <laughs> it's like you have this warped perspective of who this person is. This this run looks amazing. I love it, and JMS does some really great high concept stuff. But the actual in the weeds, who is Peter, who is MJ stuff, sometimes feels horribly off. And it's not stuff I would have cared about the first time reading through this, you know, because I wouldn't have had as developed an attachment to certain feelings like that. And I think sometimes that can be the bane of comics fans, you know, right? Like when you get so obsessed with like, Peter Parker would never say that. You know what I mean? Where you're like, <laughs> yeah. you're writing your own fanfic for, it's like, let creators have their voice, let creators have their vision for a character. Um, but there are certain truths that creators can get wrong or can interpret differently certainly than readers and that and this sequence was one that to, to me was just like that feels like somebody who's like weirdly misunderstanding the history of spider-man you know in ways that are kind of like meaningful <laughs> like like reputation I, is decimated for yeah. spider-man that's his whole thing he's he's labeled a menace <laughs> immediately you know yeah, it was, but it was don't just weird say that he's into kinks that's the line for okay so it's not weird that he'd be mad something... about that it's not weird that he'd be the, mad the, this is gonna be a classic like complain early from zach i I do like this run but jms and and this is largely kind of like an aesthetic 
complaint for me. So it's not like a strong structural issue most of the time, except for what you're saying. But JMS, uh, at one point I had to look up to see if he was Mormon because this gives off <laughs> really big Mormon energy. <laughs> did not, I did not have this, uh, this experience. Please, please explain. The, well, there's that, right? Like the kind of like the worst thing in the world is to say that you have kinks and that you're a kinky guy. <laughs> and like, he's like, no, I can't have anyone. Re-. I mean, there's other stuff that she says that, you know, like he worked with co- building like companies to tear down their buildings so that they could cash in in the insurance. Like that stuff's damaging. But then the other part is just like, yeah, he loved to have like hot sex with me all the time, kinky sex and clubs, and it would be like, oh, Peter's so upset about, <laughs> about this idea. Yeah. There's also a run, a, a a running thing here in the earlier um, issues where he's like getting back with MJ, which I think is pretty strong stuff. The like, I think it's actually he JMS writes Peter and MJ better when they are apart and. Mm. The, the getting back together works better for me once than when they're back together. So there's this whole through line where they get back together and they're like going on dates and they're going out and they're like having a few drinks. And MJ's like, Peter, you're like, you can't believe what I'm going to do to you tonight. And he's like, MJ, no. <laughs> Our first time back together has to be special. And he continued like there's a few times where he's like, we're not going to have sex, MJ. I need it to be perfect. And like, yeah, it, it's like he's talking about like his wedding night and losing his virginity. It's like you're you're already married. You've been married for a while. You've been <laughs> together for a long time. And he like continually keeps shooting her down for sex. And it's I really weird. It's very strange. I get and it's why... also basically all of uh, MJ's characterization in this is that yes, she's, she's jealous and she wants to f- him. Basically, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah, that's all of it. I'll, which is, I'll allow yeah, the I kind of annoying when the whole thing is relying on. <laughs> Like, the messy relationship between the two of them, but, like, one yeah. of them is barely a character, which is really annoying. Even though, even, like, yeah. like JMS can write female characters. Like, he did a great job with uh, Aunt May, I think. What's going on with the MJ? Like that, It's too, it's yeah, too it's horny training. for MJ, and it's too horny for the, like, I, I don't know, the, the kind of fantasy of, like, having a hot woman throw herself at you, and you are, like, being like, I have to be strong for both of us, and go web off into the night which is what he does he's like no we can't i you know tonight's not right and then he leaves to go like patrol the streets and like you know gloat to himself about how he has like a sexy wife yeah (laughs) i'm sorry but really off into the night yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah he goes he goes to the the roof of a building and webs (laughs) off the side Uh, (laughs) i find these comics very relatable in that regard i think a very similar relationship with Interesting. Um, <laughs> so, Charlotte, let's start with you because this, these comics, there are conceptual things we can talk about. Um, all of us are leaning into criticism early, but let, let's also focus because I think part of it is these issues we read. We read forty-seven to fifty, fifty-seven, fifty-eight, and then that becomes issue five hundred. No, we didn't skip four hundred issues. They renumber for the big five hundred special. Oh, and God. the kind of a through line of all this, which Zach is getting at there, is getting Peter and MJ back together, right? They've been separated for years at this point. They're kind of a there's a will they won't they kind of thing. This is obviously a near and dear will they won't they situation for Spider fans. <laughs> you know? It's 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 up again here in twenty twenty three without spoiling anything. Charlotte, what's your big picture thoughts on these comics, but then also like does a does an arc that is ultimately bending towards Peter and MJ getting back together is that the kind of Spider-Man stuff you want to be reading? 
I mean, it can be, I just don't think it's successful in its execution here. Um, here's the thing, like, something I loved about the early issues of JMS's AMS, or JSM's ASM, um, <laughs> was, like, the actual Peter Parker styles of things, his discussions with Aunt May, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I thought that was some of the best parts of that uh, earlier part of the run. And I think here it's actually the was at least the part um, I find least successful like because of everything we talked about about the MJ stuff but then that's also just happened that that's what is at the center of um, of the Peter Potter uh, of, of this Peter Potter the Peter Potter if you will um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then the main two other storylines is in the first part the whole like easy kill kind of mystical stuff uh, of the the spider totem and then the more like Marvel Universe stuff of uh, New York is being invaded by Dormammu and some of the FF, Doctor Strange, Iron Man and Spidey have to, to, to fight together. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the later part of those issues are, is more fun to me. I think JMS has a good handle of um, Spidey's relationship with the other heroes. Yeah. The very like, yeah, go New York uh, kind of feel like Ben, uh, ben rescuing Spidey. Like I, that whole page was really fun to me. Um, but then like the whole I don't know I feel like it worked in the early issue it was still the mystery uh, with Ezekiel and everything that's going on with him here I'm so uninterested even like it goes into the whole myth of Anansi from the oh god I can't remember the the name Um, but like a people from West Africa yeah Ghana yeah Um, which is like a a myth about a a trickster god that is a, a spider god um, and then like that that's that's actually a myth I'm I really I'm really interested in mm-hmm. and like I they do not, they don't really do anything with it um, and like I don't think I think that whole like mystical spider totem stuff is kind of just confusing for the sake of being confusing I don't think there's much of interest of uh, interest here i don't know did you did you guys like like that part yeah that's like, i feel like that's not me. a yeah. that's a side of spider-man that's like i've only seen presence in the jms run basically. yeah well it's new i think it is something new he's bringing here and i, I do actually but like it's been 20 years like and i've never yeah. seen it adapted into anything else and i think like that's kind of for a reason oh, oh <laughs> sure well oh, there's, Charlotte. there's it, a little bit of back yeah we're gonna oh, see also there, i think i think he's doing in, I guess I can't spoil it too much. There, there's, there's movie reasons I think why he like what might have spurred this on uh, to like tie it into the movies. Maybe we anyway, might we, can talk about we that. might get to that. We might not. So I guess oh, Dave, that doesn't getting, feel too spoilery to say organic web shooters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, is okay. like is the movie reason. Um, but is is that the only way of doing the? Other I thing? know, right? Like no, what a I, what a roundabout. I would prefer that than like you know, just like slapping it in one issue, it feeling like something that had yeah, built up to naturally. I don't know. Does I, the does the mysticism I, I mean, side for Spider Man work for you, Zach? It's something I've been interrogating yeah, a lot yeah, lately. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like all this stuff. Uh, I like. I've always liked the like Madame Web stuff. I kind of dig this stuff, at least when it's done well. I think some stuff in the '90s we read didn't, but like this is it. It's a little bare, but like overall, I kind of. I dig the idea of like well, Spider-Man I being think... attached to like spiders, like yeah. a, as a creature. I, I think that's uh, kind of fun. I think my problem with it is maybe that he tried to explain it too much. Like <laughs> I like, like I, I also like Madame Web, but I feel like we never actually kind of get an explanation for what's going on with her. She's kind of mysterious. The more mysterious, um, the better. There, I feel like that works better. Yeah. Like here, he's trying to explain it, but it still doesn't make sense. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's still enough like mystery around um, Ezekiel and like what his game yeah. is that I'm I'm intrigued. So like all all that stuff works well for me and is like some of the highlights like the spider wasp stuff. Like besides <laughs> besides you know the woman going on news and making false accusations about a man, which feels much more loaded now than maybe it necessarily yeah. did then. Um, and the fact that everyone is taking his side immediately, or at least everyone who knows him is taking his side immediately, except for MJ. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, well, again, again, she, her accusations are that like he's committing insurance fraud and that then he's kinky. So I don't know. <laughs> like I wouldn't be like <laughs> insurance fraud on top of everything. Yeah, it's not even that yeah. he's a sex pest or anything. He's just right, like exactly. kinky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, God, maybe adulterous because she's like, does he have a husband? So she's like, I don't know. Maybe. Um, so okay, yeah. t- focusing in on the on the mysticism side of things, I actually I, so. I was reading this being like, did we read the Ezekiel stuff initially? And I guess, I think both of you covered that, and I did. I was not on that episode yep. mm-hmm. um, previously. I I have some time for for the attempted, you know, JMS and JR Jr. Uh, Ezekiel spider totem thing. I think it's, uh, it's kind of like a half step, maybe like 75% step, to a lot of what we're going to see throughout the 2000s, which is creating these deep long legacies for characters that we've known but didn't have a sense of legacy with like we're Mm going to see that a lot um repeatedly frankly and and the spider-man attempt is kind of to be like peter parker's not the first spider-man in the sense of this long line of this mystical spider powers going all the way back to you know an african folktale anansi right um and then ezekiel is a character who has similar powers and is kind of sharing the way. I think the stuff that I enjoy the most about this run remains Peter teaching a kid chemistry in high school. You know, and it like, it's like it's the small scale, like just perfection of Peter the the teacher that that I enjoy the most. And then these issues we read are so giant and outsized and cosmic. Or, or mythological, right? In supernatural, I guess is the better word, in the realm of Doctor Strange, quite literally, literally with the, you know, the 500th issue. That stuff is fine in bursts, but it it feels like too much of it. It feels like the run is leaning too heavily mystical and supernatural and getting outside of. I actually think what is the the bread and butter of these creators, which is Spidey on the streets. Um, and Peter actually, like, having an adult life. You know, I think when I remember this series fondly, and I think a lot of readers are in a similar boat, the, the fondness stems from reconciling a marriage, moving on as a professional adult, you know? And it's not like Peter gets rich and, like, you know, like, becomes a totally different type of character. He's a struggling teacher. It's the perfect profession for someone yeah, who's always had money good. problems. Yeah. And, you know, and just wants to help people. You know what I mean? Like, not that that should be the case, but it makes sense with this character. Um, so it, it often feels like this is the stuff where I'm like, I had almost forgotten it happened or how much of the run comes out of this because it's not what I remember liking and what I, I remember fondly about this. I will say the reconciliation stuff with Mary Jane. So they, they go on this comedy of errors where they both fly to each other's places and are they miss each other and they're both that's a good that's a really good issue it's, like it is issue it's well done yeah. peter's on the west coast mj comes to the east coast neither of them are that's there what i was saying like the, the other. build up to them 
getting back together is better than them actually getting back together. Yeah, and then they, uh, they accidentally yeah. reconnect in the airport. It's very, you know, Sleepless in Seattle kind of rom-com energy. Um, but it's it's pleasant. I think it's well executed, uh, with the exception of uh, JMS writing Doctor Doom, which is always a travesty. Um, sometimes very literally making him cry. Oh, I thought that was the, a fun issue. I like uh, I like that issue. You didn't dig it? Listen, I cannot I cannot stand for senses of humor around Doctor Doom. Do you know this about me? Um, mm, oh yeah. <clears throat> do not make a joke about. DD. Yep. Actually, I, I will know, say like the, the fourth wall the breaking. About, how do you well, speak how in you capitals? Speak, speaking in all caps. That yeah, would be funny. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that that's that one good. got me. No, I'm I'm being a little flippant about that. Um, and and I liked I I liked the little beat of MJ being like, "You don't include me. You never introduce me to your work friends." And then uh, him introducing her to Captain America. Yeah, that's a, a nice little moment. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Besides that, I don't know. No, I don't like the issue. Was fine. Some people attack Doctor Doom, and they have to fight. Well, and where I was going with that is, yeah, sorry. It's like okay, Peter and MJ are getting back together. Like we know this is happening, just let it happen. And I, I think it, um, it, it doesn't make it too easy, and it doesn't drag it out necessarily too long, which I think is important because I think that's the thing that creators keep running into, and it's a hard thing with Spidey, where it's like, the guy got married in the '80s, and we have. A relationship here that really works for him fans quite like mary jane watson she's one of the most well-known female characters early 60s romantic interests in the entirety of the marvel universe you know what i mean so like there's a thing where separating her and peter you can get some miles out of that story but at the end of the day if you're even a mild fan of spider-man you kind of know what's coming here you know um, and I think that's it. like, it's oftentimes it's just like, it feels like creators or editorial kind of just getting in their own way with this, well, um, where it's like, they're the going to be together like, and that's kind of more interesting always. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't necessarily be mad about like a story that full on separates MJ and Peter yeah. and tries to do something different. But I think at the back of my, of my mind, of my mind, of my, at the back of my <laughs> mind, there will still be that thing of like. But I know they're going to come back together at some point because of Marvel editorial, because that's just how it works. And, like, that would... That does kind of end up making it feel pointless in a way, which is annoying, because, like, just enjoy the, the actual story being told. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's kind of the, the eternal dilemma of, uh, mm. of Marvel comics and that kind of storytelling. Um, I, I don't even know exactly where I'm going with this, but, like, just... Do you know, do you know where Spider-Man goes from here with their relationship? Yeah, I I mean, I have a general... But, like, even when... You know they're still going to get tied together at some point. Even if it's, like, for them to be apart. Like, them being apart is going to be a plot point. And, like, I'd be okay with them just moving away from that. Having just stories with different characters uh, around Peter. But I feel like that's just not something they're willing to do at all. Like, whether they're together at all or, 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 or not. I think that's the thing um, I like the most... Kind of what I was trying to get to is the thing that I like the most about this run is there's an actual sense of maturation and yeah. progression insofar as you can have it with Spider-Man, right? Like it feels like Peter Parker is genuinely moving ahead in his life. Um, and that is the thing that that feels like it's the hardest to do in the 
ever-present, you know, illusion of change Marvel Comics universe. And we're going to see examples of how this goes quite south. Um, you mean like him losing his virginity to his wife? Uh, I don't know that that's happened yet, based on this issue. <laughs> no, we get we we get some uh, a lot of MJ throwing herself at him. Yeah, him being, him being like MJ, not tonight, and she's like, no, I insist, and it's like, <laughs> how cool and hot to have a hot model <laughs> wife who keeps throwing herself at you. I know. Okay, can I, I know. can I can I say what I like about this red? Please. Uh, John Romita Jr.'s art, I think, is great for Spider-Man. I think his action is incredible. I think he does some of the best action scenes we've seen since, like, I don't know, Ditko or John Romita Sr. Like, really, really good stuff. And I actually think it's an interesting counter, not counterpoint, but, like, comparison with um, Maleve on Daredevil, who I like that work quite a bit. But I think it, like, drops down during action a little bit because it's a little bit too much just, like, single frozen poses mm-hmm. uh, during an action scene and, like, little beats. Whereas this, like, the fluidity and the, like, impact and the muscles tense as two people, like, lock up in battle. Uh, I think he sells all that really, really well. It's also, it's kind of fun because I went back to read um, some of the Anne Nascenti Typhoid Mary stuff. Um after the daredevil i went back to read a few issues of that yeah. and his style i was like yeah he's just been doing the same thing no his style has changed so much <laughs> yeah right. he's gotten so much less like for better or for worse he's gotten less like kind of uh loosey-goosey with his like character models and stuff like they used to be so big and blocky and their bodies would like change proportions and stuff but like anyway i think his spider-man's great his uh his action scenes are really good like I said, I like all that totem stuff. I think that's like fun kind of like lore building for Spider-Man. And the teacher stuff is good. But what I really liked, and I think we might have skipped some of it, but we read some of it last time, is the like him trying to help out people in a not uh, punch the bad guy way. So him trying to like help out, you know, his like poor student whose brother or like family members were vanishing. Yeah. Um, and there was some like interesting stuff about him being like it like started to maybe interrogate the idea that like spider-man put some of these kids who became criminals like on the path by punching them into jail (laughs) originally and like has punched a thousand people into jail i think he talks to ezekiel about Mm -hmm. um and like maybe starting to question i i don't think it goes far enough and I, i would like to see this examine more but the like you know him just being an extension of like the carceral state um is something worth uh that that could be fun to like interrogate i think that's yeah i I like all you mentioned the nascenti daredevil run i actually think that's one of the things i love the most about that work with jrjr is daredevil often does not use the traditional superhero violence to solve dilemmas or to Mm -hmm. get out of things Mm -hmm. and i i do not think superhero comics interrogate that enough spider-man is a fantastic character to do that with because he should be the one who's least comfortable with violence he was bullied he never really learns how to fight which is the thing that comes up too right like he just gets really strong and has all these gifts but it's like it's not like he's like a trained fighter you know what i mean um so it it makes sense that he would not want to do that too many writers make him like gleeful about punching you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. Uh, just like random street criminals and like his it, it unquestioned excitement and like the fun of you know 
putting up, <laughs> putting like poor, poor drug dealers. But you know what I mean. Like nobody, know, like, nobody stands for the plight of the drug dealer of drug dealers. <laughs> like exactly, except for me. There know, is, I'm, I'm... there is a. It's a thing you brought up before. Um, definitely in some of the '80s comics that really hit it the hardest. But it comes up a lot in Daredevil too, where it's like drug dealer equals the worst of society. Um, yeah. and well, that's, draws a, that's no a line thing that has like... some, some level of integration you need to do. <laughs> and, and there's no line but between, you know, like the career criminal quote unquote, whatever that means. And the like, you know, 15 year old kid who's like basically forced to do this, uh, because of their like context, right? Context can yeah. matter. I would, I guess yeah, is my take yeah, on yeah. that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so I got I got a complaint though about JMS, and this, this again is a little this aesthetic, I guess. Like some people might agree with me, and some people might have no idea what I'm talking about. But he has a tone. He's got this smug tone that drives me up the wall sometimes. I don't know if you get this, but like, he's got this thing, and, and a lot of these comic book writers do. I think it kind of is this like I'm a free. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm a free thinker it's it's kind of in line with like a uh, enlightened centrist thing but it's like i'm more down to earth than the snotty elite intellectuals but i'm also not an idiot who just sits around and watches mtv or reality tv all day and doesn't know how to do critical thinking and it's like he does this thing all the time he's just kind of like mocks both the like the elites and the uh unwashed masses all the time mm-hmm. and it like really gets under my skin he he really doesn't like uh california and maybe it wasn't in these issues as much that's fair he goes to cat but he, i looked it up he's been living in he graduated from san diego state university in the 80s and he's been living here since well, he's in california that's even fair, <laughs> i guess then. i mean of course you'd have the, the most accurate criticisms like, of the place you are no his criticisms are like uh california's are weird cross-dressers and that it, it's all just like out in holly weird that kind of like thing and and like you know he uh he comes back to new york and there's a funny joke where like peter parker gets back from a trip in california and he realizes while he's gone the lottery numbers that he always plays came up (laughs) which is a really good little peter parker beat um yeah and he's like who do i blame this on ugh california must be like he really doesn't like california and it's it's i don't know where it comes from but anyway that i will say the uh the centrism and the sort of smugness uh that's not unique to him no that's comics all over marvel yeah it's kind of interesting it's definitely the the predominant voice i mean i i think you know because it because it is it's kind of the least controversial place you can put yourself i'm I'm not even really talking politically here that's that's because he doesn't really get into that uh like brian k vaughn has this thing too it's these like it's this kind of nerdy superiority of being like well i'm not like a a snob who's into like artsy fartsy things but i'm not i'm also not an idiot who watches you know like whatever uh dumb action movies right like there's a yeah i mean some of that definitely just feels like know your audience too yeah i um, guess yeah it's the kind of like targeting. yeah brian k vaughn is actually kind of does the same thing uh speaking so, of brian k vaughn yeah can, D- dave can you come up with we, we have like you know the bill mantlo low man what is it low blow mantlo blows mantlo blows we've got uh wailing on wade is, uh, is wade. one that we're gonna be doing have you been wailing on wade? 
Uh, no, actually, I kind of like Wade. He's oh, fine. I feel like you've I, had I'm too much whaling on Wade. Yeah. No, I, I actually I just finished Slam his, and like, Simonson, Bagging on Bagley. 70. Our personal favorite. Wade's of like yours. seventy issue flash run. It's pretty good. Croy Thomas is a big one of yours. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, but we need one for Brian K. Vaughn because it's you know it's every week now. Dragon uh, Brian? No, that's not that's not yeah. Dragging Brian? What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Frying Brian? Maybe uh, that uh, works. Yeah. All right, D- Dave, you're usually pretty good at these, but we'll we'll think about it. Anyway, there was one. Was I'm trying to remember oh, because I had one that I typed, and now I can't think of what it was. Um, Done with one. Done mm. with Vun. Down um, with. Yeah, <laughs> there was a good one that I had. We'll think. <laughs> we'll think of one. Uh, okay, so your 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 agenda against Brian continues. Continues, yeah. Uh, especially, I want to say he does this little Doc Ock mini. Especially in comparison to, um, I think it's like forty. It, some of the LA stuff that we we didn't actually read from Amazing Spider Man is about Dr. Octopus. It's a little, like, three-issue Dr. Octopus arc. Mm-hmm. And it's really good, and it's really good Doc Ock stuff. And then this, I think, is pretty bland in comparison. <laughs> okay, um, so this is a five-issue mini. It is a... Uh, it's definitely a time with amazing with uh, Spider-Man 2, the movie, right? And Doc Ock being the villain. Charlotte, what did you think of Dr. Octopus' negative exposure? Uh, I... I don't know. It's fun. Um, I, I like Doc Ock. He's, he's one of my favorite uh, Spidey villains. Wait, um, say that again? I like Doc Ock. He's oh. one of my favorite Spidey villains. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I heard it. What, what was um, controversial <laughs> about that? What needed to be what needed to be restated? Zach, taking issue with Doc Ock as a favorite Spidey villain. Weird take. Oh, it's good. Um, no, I, I like that character. I think this is like... Fun. I don't think it's like it's like transcending anything, but it's, it's fun Doc Ock stuff. Um, I like that it's in the perspective of like... Uh, kind of a bystander character, kind of like Eddie Brock, but Eddie Brock already exists, so let's find something else, someone else. Um, but like a jealous reporter who who wants to, who who doesn't understand how Peter Parker gets all the glory from from his shots. Yeah. Um, it's fine. I like uh, I like Doc Ark as like kind of the the cult leader trying get, getting to manipulate uh, people around him from prison. Um, I honestly like it's not amazing. Uh, like it, if it was just like a regular arc of uh, of uh, ASM, I'd be like, oh yeah, this this is fun. Um, well, that series is always amazing. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 okay. It's like it does get, and I, I wouldn't even know how to how to like say this in detail. But like, yeah, it, even if I had known it was Vaughn writing this, I would have guessed. Kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't even have like specific examples of, of why, but like just a, a general vibe, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it can it can get grating uh, in some parts, but overall, like yeah, just it's it's a fun enough uh, Spidey Dark Arc series. Like, wh- why do you dislike so much about it? Oh, I don't actually even really. I, out of all the Brian Kavon we've read, this one is fine. The the least offensive to me. I just think it's kind of yeah nothing this i think this mini is it's a little boring is entirely your enjoyment is going to be entirely based on how much you enjoy the concept like it is it is entirely concept driven um i do think it's a pretty clever approach to a doc ock spidey story to have this longtime bugle photographer 
who is just who's like real high art snob about photography right um and that they are just bewildered and perpetually flabbergasted by peter parker's ability to get the front page photos every time i mean it is a th- <laughs> i like, actually you have was on his Brock side i was a... like god that peter's annoying like he is <laughs> I was really... he's very annoying from this from this vantage <laughs> yeah. point and it is a thing that is like yeah like nobody you know we we take for granted you know that peter well he sells photos because it's a way to make money but then when you actually look at it like yeah but like what about a person who this was their job and not only that but they valued it as an art form which photography is um, like Peter Parker would be incredibly obnoxious. Right. Uh, and there's the, all these situations where this guy thinks he's getting the photo and then Peter's like, Oh, I have one. And it's like, where were you? It's like, Oh, I was hiding under some trash. You must not have seen me. You know, all the, all the bogus, you know, excuses he gives in the sixties yeah. for where'd you, where'd you run off to um, giving them to like a professional adult? You know, you just kind of see like, it's really just poking, poking at the tropes and the trappings that we've all come to accept and then, of course, this photographer gets so mad that ultimately he decides he's going to totally go full, full, you know, super henchman and help, uh, help Doc Ock with his master plan. Conceptually, it's very fun. I think it's a well-executed five-issue miniseries. You got uh, BKV <laughs> or Brian K. Yawn, as Zach likes to call him. Oh, there you uh, go, yep. Brian K. Yawn. <laughs> and uh, like Staz that. Johnson here on Art, <laughs> Inks by Danny Mickey. Um, I, you know, honestly. For me, like, I kind of enjoyed reading this more than Runaways. I'm not saying it's better than Runaways Ooh, because well, that book that's... certainly see does this more is the kind goes. of thing that Dave can say, and somehow no one is going to like <laughs> write a negative <laughs> Apple podcast review, being like, "I'm immune to negative exposure." I mean, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I, I do think like the initial arc, like, yeah. I'd put them on the same level. I feel like Runaways have. What has are you some, talking like, about? <laughs> I think Runaways <laughs> has this more does like, nothing. It's so generic. Runaways is like. I mean, I don't even so like generic. Runaways, I think that's a. I think that's a tremendous overstatement. It is actually it's, doing it's something. It's taking a different approach. Out. It is a different POV of looking at the world of Spidey and Doc Ock. It could be. It. The thing is, this could be one or two issues that like gets the same point across. I'm glad better. it's a miniseries. Sure. No, I'm saying, like, even being a miniseries is too much. I think, like, one issue could have done... Like, a Spider-Man's Tangled Web about this. That yeah, handled okay. Like, a little bit more... Yes. Like, kind of like... If, if it had the, like, uh, lightness in... F- I, I think it would actually work better as comedy than, like, trying to do a real, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Uh, or, like, straight comedy instead of, like, kind of mixing in, like, a super... Why not a thing. queer comedy, Zach? Oh, my God. I knew you. Were, I, as soon as I said it, <laughs> but like that flowers for rhino, uh, miniseries that we read, or the uh, grizzly bear. Hmm. I have that issue framed. Oh yeah, right. Like something like that, where like it just tangled. Tangled to... web is a great call, Zach. You're you're 100 yeah. percent right oh, on that. So I will say it, and I will say it proudly. This would work better as a two issue tangled web series. Do not argue that point. As it stands, it is one of many. <laughs> many Marvel comics that could have been a little shorter, and uh, it, it's it's nice. I like it. I like it fine. Can I okay? Can I transition us into Daredevil by saying I do think this works better than Daredevil because of the one what? choice in two thousand two where Daredevil has that uh, one little gangster guy get the upper hand on Kingpin, which I hated so much. If people go. <laughs> 
<laughs> I I didn't actually hate that much. You remember you're I talking had that, about like, you're talking about your outsized reaction to Sammy Silky, and now you wasn't think an outsized reaction. I was just I had one complaint about like a plot point that didn't land for just, me. Zach, and I, I just wish you so could much, let it go. Oh my god, I got so much flack for that. You should. I I want to I want to bring it up specifically to say you were wrong, and you apologize. I think. No, I still kind of stand by that. I still think he didn't, like, properly sell that. I think that... And, and I even kind of complained that, like... I don't know if Brian Michael Bendis, like, convinces me that he can write, like, good crime oh, good uh, in that. And you were, like, a little a little aghast by it. You know what? I think he kind of... Not his... just a little. I'm a, I'm a full-on <laughs> yeah. full ghastly of Pokemon. <laughs> I think he, he gets there here. By this year, by 2003. And I don't know if this is, like... I don't know what it is. He's just kind of settling in here. I think he dispenses with the jokes, and I think he dispenses with his, like, Bendis-isms in the, like, you know, every every gangster and grizzled FBI agent and cop and superhero all have the same, like, teenager kind of, like, jokes and preoccupations. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, like, almost entirely does away with the comedy here, and I think all the crime stuff works really well. I think the, like, court proceeding stuff works well, and I think this is the best I've ever liked Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, I think basically when he's not making jokes, because there's, there, there's, like, one joke in um, the three-issue arc that we didn't read where Luke Cage is trying to convince Daredevil to help a defendant, and Daredevil makes this argument why he can't do it, and Luke Cage is like... Well, I understand, you know, your your point of view. And in parentheses, he's like, even though you're being a big weenie about it. And, like, that's the kind of thing where I'm just like, you're ruining, like, a good action. Like, you have a good moment between two characters who have real conflict. And then Luke Cage says, you're being a weenie. And, like, he, that kind of uh, compulsive, like, undercutting things with a joke is something that he sometimes does. But he kind of gets away with that, or does away with that. And it's so good. Like... This Daredevil, this year of Daredevil is excellent. Like, really, really good stuff. No big complaints here for me. Charlotte, what'd you think? Yeah, I think the... So we read two arc, two five-issue arcs here. Um, I think the first one had more Bendicisms, uh, especially, like, some walls of panel... Uh, some walls of, uh, of, uh, of text bubbles that were like, oh, my God, so much reading saying so little. Um, but like outside of that, yeah, I, I do agree. Especially the the second arc that we read, um, Hardcore, I think is the name of that arc. Yeah, really, really strong. Like it's the the full Kingpin is back. Uh, Bullseye, he's he's uh, go he's um, sending Bullseye and um, Typhoid Mary after after Daredevil. I think that stuff is really really strong. I think Kingpin Kingpin's return, big return, works really well. Um, the <laughs> I love how Alex Maleev draws the owl. Yeah. <laughs> his, mm-hmm. his big mm-hmm. goofy hair is perfect um, and like he I don't know I feel like both Bendis and Maliev have a good handle of like injecting just the right dose of big weird superhero, superhero like especially super villain stuff mm-hmm. while still maintaining a believable crimin- criminal society uh, where like it's you don't talk about super villains it's like just Hire people who get hired, uh, like uh, for, on private. Like it's, I think it's like a good balance for for Daredevil, um, and that's pretty fun. Um, Bullseye, like I I love the look of Bullseye here. Um, it's a, like it's, I don't know if the movie I, I, we're still a few years from Daredevil movie. I think. Oh, that might uh, be like that, that might be right now. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's uh, but like, it's, it's that look, the Colin Farrell look with the tattoo on the... On the um... Not even a tattoo. It's like a scar carved into his head. Uh, that, well, that's what Colin Farrell has. It's February so, Farrell, 2003. Like... Yeah, so it's this year. Is it because of the movie or did I misread that? No, it's like they can't. here in the comic, he, he starts with the... Um, you're, no, you're right. It's the tattoo, and then Daredevil carves it in. Which yeah, I exactly, actually, yeah. I got confused because I for a second I was like, doesn't he already have like it carved into like a scar? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was thinking of the movie. Because of the movie. Uh, but yeah, that's great. I <sighs> I have like a small complaints about Alex Maleev's art. I think like on the whole it looks great. So it's still like as good as it was. There are some uh, individual panels. Like it's not a, an actual an actual big complaints, but like individual panels of characters that very slightly remind me of that uh, one issue of Elektra we read and hated uh, <laughs> the art in that <laughs> yeah. where like some characters look like they're made of CGI and not that well rendered um, mm. here and there like very smooth faces that, that look kind of weird it, it's like it's a small complaint but like that's not a thing I feel like I've ever noticed in his art elsewhere Mm. Um, no, so, I, I think yeah. it. I think it might be a. Um, well, you know what? It, it's the era of people learning how to do digital coloring. Yeah, that, I'm sure and that you get help, yeah. you get a real mixed bag. I actually I wanted to point this out on JMS. Um, someone Kemp, uh, David Kemp, Brian Kemp, something like that. It's a it's a Kemp for sure. Does Sean? the coloring? Oh, uh, Sean Kemp. Maybe. <coughs> Definitely not. Does he the played for the Seattle JMS Supersonics. And <laughs> they do. Okay. Well, that's a that's a joke for like three listeners majority of our audience you're welcome um jms he does uh he's doing digital coloring and i think the digital coloring is done so well there with like little flares and the like soft glow of lights and like shimmery shiny surfaces which is not overdone and that's really tough to do specifically spider-man's webs get like a little bit of a shimmer and uh like they reflect light which i love that touch um, I think that's really cool because I think before they were drawn like they were like Elmer's glue generally uh, is like the, the Spider-Man, at least the, the texture and the coloring of them. They're very like a flat white, but now like giving them like a little bit of a glisten, like a real spider's web is uh, I think a great touch. And that's only something yeah. the digital coloring can do. I will. Uh, I will um, also, I mean, I just have yeah. to defend here. Maliev color by Hollingsworth doing every issue Maliev is penciling and inking every issue of this run. Nobody has that stamina anymore. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Okay. And they're coming out. I don't know if they're coming out on time or what, but they're coming out all throughout 2003. So listen, I'm not saying you're wrong, but so many props to an artist doing it all. Every issue, issue after issue, like they, it's, it's, it's sort of like a. Listen, I'm going to make a baseball analogy. So both of you, go ahead and get coffee or something. Um, pitchers didn't Sammy use Sosa. Pitchers didn't Mark used to have McGuire. you know the pitch counts they have today. Like they didn't know better, mm -hmm. oh, right? So yeah. guys would be out there throwing mm -hmm. 250 pitches. Um, that's what this era is like compared to the way comics artists are on, you know, kind of load management now. Um, okay, sports analogy over. Please come back. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Charlotte, I hard disagree. You're crazy. Everyone, get her. <laughs> I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm saying there are often, like, if there are things where it's like, oh, Maliev's usually up to a higher standard, um, yeah, like, he's making deadlines, you know? like Yeah, and, like I said, like, it's very, like, calling out individual panels on Twitter kind of criticism. Yeah. Like, that's not, not actually I saying mean, anything I, I about think, the I think overall quality of the arts, but, like, yeah. When it, you know, like, I mean, if you're constantly being pulled out because, like, stuff just looks totally wonky. I, 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 I didn't. Yeah. 
I didn't get that uh, from this, but yeah, you know, I'm, we each have our own I, sensitivities. I flip and love this series. I love it. Yeah, it holds yeah. up so well for me. Like, I think I talked about previously, but just like so nice to have it, to go back to a book and be like, oh yeah, this this is still this was this is the stuff. This is it. Um, this Daredevil run's excellent. I think Bendis and Malieve are absolutely insane. I, th- I think this is where it like really gets good. Like, yeah, I think it's well, because good. it starts it starts superheroing harder, like, and mm-hmm. I think frankly, I'm here for it. You know, it, the one thing I really want to credit Bendis with, with Malieve in this section is, so he starts leaning into the more traditional superhero elements of Daredevil, right? Gets a little bit of out of the crime, organized crime side of things, although not entirely. It's still very much focused this book. Um, and we have the bullseye, right? We have the return of Typhoid Mary. We have the return of the Kingpin um, back after his empire was destroyed and taken from him and his wife killed his son and she's off, you know, with his his, his money or so he thinks. Um, they they do all that, like, because there's a danger, I think, of coming in and being like, we're going to upend the Daredevil status quo. We're going to put our own stamp on this, you know, and we're taking Kingpin off the board, right? We're not just doing a Kingpin story. But then you bring him back. So then there's there is that kind of concern of like, okay, are you just gonna like play the hits now? Right? Are you just gonna kind of get back into like a comfortable, familiar ode to Frank Miller? And it's doing a little bit of that, but it's also simultaneously, by the time we get to the end of issue fifty, it's taken Bullseye and Kingpin back off the board. You know, so I, I in, a nast, in a nasty way that yeah. I think like pushes Matt Murdock into some like uncomfortable directions. But that's the important yeah. thing is it pushes yeah. Matt into new uncomfortable directions as opposed to coasting on what you know works. And that mm-hmm. for me is what makes this run so so exciting and so worth celebrating is it's not just that all the cuz if they were just doing a Frank Miller homage, they'd be doing it well. You know what I mean? Like they they're very capable creators and they've clearly established themselves in this world but they're also interested in trying new ideas um and pushing this character in different directions and that like that's what i want out of every superhero comics run you know whether they work or not that's what i want to see creators trying uh is to be like well what about this what if daredevil beats the stuffing out of kingpin upon his return and declares himself the ruler of Hell's Kitchen. Pulls off his mask in front of a bunch of random people yeah. at the bar. Like that's the that's actually the thing that like while he's on while he's him. in the midst of this trial where he's suing for being accused of being Matt Murdock yeah, is right. right? It's a big yeah. deal. He takes off his mask in front of a bunch of just random like street criminals and like declares himself kingpin. Uh, that's yeah, that's crazy. Right? That's like where he's like you know. Oh, this is the unhinged, you know, totally out of control Matt Murdock that I love to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, for me, yeah. this is like, really gets listen, I, I I, like the Amazing Spider-Man stuff fine enough. I like that Doc Ock miniseries fine enough. Going from that then to Daredevil is is very much high school basketball to the NBA. Like, it is it is just leagues beyond I th- what, is being, what is happening in other Marvel comics at this time. There are... Maybe two other books, three other books, I would say, that are even attempting what Daredevil is. I think Ecstatics is in that conversation. I think New X-Men, and both these are coming up the next two episodes, so that's exciting. And uh, and maybe Fantastic Four, Wade and Warringo. I don't know. It's definitely not, not as good for me, but it's maybe Yeah, we have to get to more Fantastic Four, but it's not even close 
for me <laughs> with that. That that comic is like, you know, do doing the superhero comic thing well. It's, it's doing fun. it. It's it's got a very different approach. Um, it's fun, but that is never mind what I said like, about Waylon on Wade. Obviously, you are Waylon right here. <laughs> I I no, I I like Wade, but it's it's not like that is not in my run of it, it's so far. We we got to read before I can come down on. You know what I'll this makes me uh, last last. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. You know, Last year, I wouldn't have agreed with you about the Amazing Spider-Man Daredevil. I would have put them kind of like on somewhat of a similar footing. But now I'm like, oh yeah, no, you're totally right. Like this is this is just like, but Amazing Spider-Man dropped a little bit, and this like really stepped up. Um, yeah, and I think I think you're right on that. Yeah, and I'm and I'm really curious about where Daredevil goes next because I have honestly yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I've never read totally. this one. And Isn't that exciting like... to be like? <laughs> Yeah, because it feels like, Where's okay, we've go? done the hits, we've done the Kingpin story, we've done the Bullseye story, and we've done them in a way that we can't do them again, at least not right now. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see, I think Echo come, comes back in the next issue, I'm interested to see yeah, what Bendis that, does yeah. with that character. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I, I, that's like, a run. once we're done with it for my Marvelous year, I'm, I'm going to read it all again, like, in one go, I think, mm. uh, just to fully appreciate it, because like, yeah, it's, it's one of the best runs uh, of... Um, I mean, the early 2000s that we read so far. I'd like to apologize um, to Echo and her family for the way that my Marvelous Year Club treats her. Because we skip all the Echo issues. Um, no, we talked about them. Maybe you weren't there. Oh, I skipped it. Uh, okay, okay. Because yeah. we, we're, we're going <laughs> to no, skip no, a little we, bit we coming up here. But, you know, for again, it's a read-it-all. So, like, I don't uh, Yeah, no, Dave, do, Dave does skip them in 2004. <laughs> but I'll read them. I'll read them. Because I'm the real comic book fan on this podcast. Everyone knows it. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, Stifling he, a Brian K. Yawn, as he says it. Here's a little <laughs> sleepy over there. Here's a, here's a complaint I have about this, though. Uh, and it's very minor. I don't think he gets Typhoid Mary, right? Mm, um, I would agree. Yeah. And, it, and it, it, that's actually why I went back to read the Nascenti, besides the fact that I was just kind of like, it's fun to go read those Nascenti comics. Um, he just makes her a little, like, Mad Hatter crazy, and that's not really... It's very, very Harley Quinn energy, I found. But, like, more uh, disconnected from reality, kind of. Like, she comes in and she's just, like, singing limericks, and she's, like... Like, the, the Typhoid Mary back when Nascenti wrote her is that, like, she's very calculating... In her like, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, she's very calculating. She's kind of, you know, deranged, but she's not like, uh, yeah, she's not an Alice in Wonderland character, and that's what she is here. But to balance that out, Malieve's design of her so cool. The uh, the design of her is yeah. uh, is really really neat. Um, yeah. So I dig that. Yeah, Matt just can't not give away his identity to everyone here. It's really funny, like. I like, I really like that this woman, uh, you know, he meets this blind woman by rescuing her and she's just like, do you want to go on a date? Like, I know you're Daredevil. And he's like, no, I'm not. And she's like, yeah, but I know you are. And he's like, okay, I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> it takes him no time at all to just fully give in and be like, fine. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I actually, But I, I think it's like a pretty calculated choice. Um on Bendis's part, I think Bendis is specifically just being like, "Yeah, Matt's impulsive and he makes bad decisions, and this is another one." I mean, it's fine so far; like, she seems like a normal, nice person, but like, it's not a smart move. Like, yeah. and, and you know, you have Foggy there saying, "Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, another one? Like, you're just gonna well, I think tell another really, woman your identity." He really manages to build up the feeling that, like, okay, Matt denied being Daredevil because that was the smart thing to do. But, like, behind that, he's just desperately, 
like ho like he wishes he could tell everyone like he hates having to to pretend and like now that it's basically out every hour there's like a new opportunity to to admit and everyone at any time is trying to get him to admit so like it's slowly chipping at that wall that's of like he's trying to put up mm-hmm. i think that that stuff works well either with the the woman he's trying to he's starting to date with the fbi agents with uh, all that stuff his discussions with luke cage as well uh which, which are pretty interesting well, yeah it, i think that that whole stuff works, it's works, such a works pretty well yeah totally because it's such a like it's a it's a really odd dynamic Right, like it, yeah. it's a really non-traditional, unexpected dynamic to have it be like your name has been released and you're being like, no, that's not me. But the underlying current of like every conversation he has, both as Matt and Daredevil, is somebody being like, yeah, but you're Matt Murdock, right? And him being like, no, and like, but what if I was like, yeah, but like, and and then the other person being like eighty percent sure, you know, like. It's across the board. Like, everybody's like, yeah, it's probably Matt Murdock, though. Or, like, yeah, you're probably Daredevil. But, yeah, like, Matt's pretty sus. Matt's pretty sus. Which brings but, us to like, the best I scene think... in this entire comic, which is when oh, Wilbur yeah. Day comes to the offices of Murdock and Nelson and says, you're really going to sit there and pretend you don't know me? Because he knows Matt Murdock is Daredevil. Everyone knows it. And Matt is pretending not to know Wilbur Day, Stiltman. Most importantly here... Maliev and Bendis confirm, confirm that Brian Michael Bendis is actually Stiltman because that likeness oh, yeah. is Bendis. <laughs> it is 100% oh, Bendis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're cast <laughs> as Wilbur Day, as Stiltman. Big reveal. Big reveal that this comic's actually being written by Stiltman, which makes sense. That explains why it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't also, agree. Like, I, now... I, have no, I have no feeling. Now Matt owns the stilts, so I guess this is where Daredevil goes next. It, it yeah, that's a full that's a on Stiltsman comic. Per, just per, Matt Freebrands is like the new Stiltsman. Well, that's issue fifty-one, really... right? Is I'm the king of Hell's Kitchen. Also, I'm very tall. <laughs> and then he just all of a sudden just elevates up out of the bar. <laughs> that's just through the ceiling. Listen, I, I'm not saying I'm sending all of these ideas to, to Chip Zdarsky right now, but yeah. the email is sent. Yeah. The stilts, the stilts, if they end up. What I really, I mean, he mentions that he, like, asks if Foggy wants them, but that would be a really funny little, like, kind of like a guts-ish issue, oh, is, like, Foggy, yeah. for some reason, wanting to just be, like, you know, sneaking the stilts out one night and trying to take the stilts for a ride. Yeah. Um, that'd be it. That'd Could be not it. buy enough copies of that comic book. Yeah, it's a, it's a good run. It, like, it gets me, you know, it's exciting what's happening now. Like, I want to know what's happening issue by issue. I can't wait to find out what happens next. But it also is, like, reinforcing the history of Daredevil um, and making it, like, yeah, I want to go back and read those Miller and Nascenti things. Like, it, it's, mm. like, you know, fueling my hunger to, like, read more Daredevil and read more Daredevil and, you know, like, kind of go back and reread which never happens to me i don't want to go read comics yeah yeah no we know that about you that it does it the biggest question that it raises for me now is we're reading jessica jones at the end of this year. oh yeah we should talk about will (laughs) alias aka jessica jones hold its owns against bendis's daredevil because i'm i'm really starting to think rereading this that i'm like i think daredevil is bendis's best marvel work um, now, historically, I've ranked it below Jessica Jones and maybe also Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, I was going to ask that. It's, 
it's not even i mean i i like that ultimate spider-man but it's up and down and it's not even close realistically i like daredevil a lot more i will say at this to me i mean spider-man's a different thing like it is i mean yeah to me it's more comparable to like what mark wade is doing on ff that Mm -hmm. seems more in line with ultimate spider-man but yeah this version of daredevil feels in an all cat- in an altogether different category. It's also it's fifty five issues instead of yeah. however what hundred and ninety or whatever when you factor in the miles stuff. But fifty five, like, I mean yes, USM is is a beast un- unto itself. But like fifty five is a boatload. Like nobody does fifty issue runs anymore. Um, oh sure. So although those first six were like almost a mini series unto themselves that like was yeah, but they're not bad. Continuity. <laughs> no, the no, thing. they're fine. Yeah, but like you know what I, I mean. Weirdly, I think that stuff actually would have worked better right in the middle of this run as like a breather instead of because because I think it set up my expectations to be like, okay, this is fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. but you know, it's him finding his footing. I don't. Oh, he's, he's getting the job too. You know, it's, it's an audition. Yeah, part yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So so yeah. So part six of MMY, we're doing all X Men stuff. Exiles, X Status, Wolverine, Dupe, added by a Patreon backer. Thank nice. you so much for adding Wolverine, Dupe, Jacob C. Genuinely excited to read that. Jakob, Jakob. You say Jakob, I say Jakob, because that's the correct pronunciation. Thank you. Um, part seven, New X-Men binge. We're going to go hard on New X-Men. And part eight. Okay. In the end of New X-Men, which I'm surprised. In the conclusion. Only a couple of years. Of New X-Men, yeah. that's right. And then part eight. We're, okay, so I, I think we've announced this before, but we're, let's, let's do it here again for folks listening. Okay, we're going to read Marvel 1602 by demand of the My Marvel This Year Slack, not my own volition. This is, this is borderline a Patreon edition. I'm I think excited. we should just declare that. I'm excited about it. I read this when I was 18, and it was very fun to me. Mm-hmm. But I haven't thought about it or read it since. So, like, yeah, it's been, you know. I've never I liked it. The same. I think I read it, like, yeah, but that was two seven years, years ago, ago for you. No, that was yeah. seven years ago. Come on, man. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you accuse our Zoomer of being even younger? Uh, and then Alias, we're going to read Alias, a.k.a. Jessica Jones. Okay, so the... the thinking here and we'll announce this in the slack for those of you who are participating via patreon.com slash my this year um this is not in marvel unlimited no marvel max series are so you can't read along the traditional way you'll have to find copies local library um i don't know if hoopla has these right now uh i'm not sure what the availability would be there but can look while we check. you could definitely rent a copy from your library um or of course purchase a copy because they're quite good but what i've put on the calendar the schedule is issues one to nine and then 24 to 28, which is the first arc and a half, and then the final arc. If you like issues one through nine, just keep reading. It's all one story. Um, is that too many issues to read for a single episode? Of course, yes. That's why I'm trying to limit it, but it's still too many Not issues. Not for a real fan, Dave. Not for a real fan. I mean, Zach, I, you haven't read this, right? So, like, no, I, I, I do think I will be, before part eight, <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's going to be weird if you haven't read it all. I'll just say that. I mean, I, re- I had to read all the, you know, I read like an extra 15 issues for this week's uh, stuff just to stay caught up. So I mean, the only no reason it's not a read at all it. is because it, it doesn't actually start in 2003. We're just trying to kind of fit in so we make sure it's part of the conversation, you know, mm-hmm. because it's not on MU. Um, otherwise, it would be spread out. I think a little more thoroughly. And then again, too, like we have to read this flip in 1602 because of our generous supporters. So, <laughs> so it's a weird balance. It's a weird, it's going to be a weird episode, but like, it's going to be some interesting comics to talk about for sure. Is it called Alias or Jessica Jones? I don't think it's on Hoopla. Originally it was called Alias and now yeah, I think in that. trades it gets Alias, AKA Jessica Jones. 
um, okay. because it's they realized marketing yeah. it as Alias when it's a Jessica Jones book who has well also Netflix that series. show Alias came out around the same time about like I mean it's about like a woman spy this is about like a woman I, de- I definitely thought that's what it was when I first heard of it was like oh it's like a TV yeah. spinoff thing yeah yeah some of the later Bendis Jessica Jones stuff is on here but not the original run yeah um on extra issues, Charlotte and I's spin-off podcast, uh, we just announced our next um, series that we're going to be doing for the next six months. We're covering Fantagraphics, the publisher. So we're going to be talking about Love and Rockets. We're going to be talking about Ghost World. We're going to be talking about Black Hole. My favorite thing is Monsters, a bunch of stoner comics, some weird horror, manga, different stuff. So come check that podcast out. Dave, you're going to be on one of those episodes. We've got a lot of other cool guests lined yeah. up. I am. Yeah. You know what? Oddly enough, it's not for Black Hole, which I just read this past week. Um, really? How, how was it? Do you like it? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Here he comes. I re- I genuinely kind of like it because we're also talking about Barry Windsor Smith's Monsters, yeah. which is like one of the biggest like contrarian takes of yours is that you're kind of like is you calling it overrated and i i really i wish uh, i wish I more people had the stamina to read this unwieldy behemoth and to uh-huh. know how controversial a take it is because i feel like uh-huh. there's limited yeah. understanding because most people don't want to read this book um and for good Gorgeous, reason beautiful barry windsor smith is an incredible talent this book is designed incredibly well i have my problems I have my problems with it. Uh, I am not. I am not in the monsters rules camp for sure. I have my problems with it. I think you called it Oscar bait uh, of a graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's Eisner bait for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. Um, anyway, yeah, extra issues. Check Bla- it out. Bla- Bla- I didn't actually answer. Black Hole's pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 it's pretty good. I just didn't love it. I didn't love it. I've only read the first first issue. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, just, have you seen Planet of the Apes, the new, the remake? Oh my gosh, I so desperately want to. And uh, and Twitter, I did a poll on my birthday. I said, for my birthday, should I watch slash make my wife watch Kong Skull Island or Planet of the Apes? And I set the poll for two hours. Within the uh-huh. first hour, Kong Skull Island was winning. And we were sitting on a watch. So I was like, all right, we got to do Kong. But then by the time the poll was done, Planet of the Apes won, which is what I wanted to watch That's... originally. So long story yeah, short, weird. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Kong's, and Kong Skull Island is kind of just like... It was fine. Okay. It was fine. It was Yeah, great. Planet of the Apes, the first one's pretty good. And then the second one is incredible. Yeah, incredible. I've heard only amazing Like, it's things. a really good movie. Um, and anyway, the whole point of, uh, I was going to bring up is uh, a kid in the second movie uh, shows an orangutan black hole. <laughs> ah. <laughs> like he's just like there's a shot of the two of them sitting it's cody smith mcphee and he's just sitting there in a tent like reading black hole to him <laughs> an ape uh, it's kind of funny good plug yeah anyway um comics let's talk about them again all right too. let's do it all again let's think Never. about think about what we got wrong <laughs> think about what we want to reemphasize. let's think about we we that's one thing i think a lot of listeners don't realize is we do four to five takes of every episode to get our opinions and right. fortified and, takes. And Zach, somehow you still don't realize how your criticisms are going to come across. In five takes, completely astonished mm-hmm. by your Waylon on so, Wade, your Brian K. Yawns, your Brian Michael F. That guys, right? Just like, mm-hmm. no, you're, you're pretty. I, I didn't have any Brian Michael F. That guys. I don't know what that was. Charlotte, Charlotte had a big 
Alex Believe Me Alone today. Ooh, that's a good Ooh, one. Ooh, <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was a very fair criticism. Uh, okay. My Marvel this year is brought to you by comicbookherald.com. Okay. Well. You can support the show over at... Maybe. It's so weird that you get upset when I promote CBH. <laughs> no, no, I don't. The I don't, only I'm the reason that my Marvel That's not true. I promote CBH all the time in the great writing over there. I just think to say it, it's supported by CBH is just kind of a funny phrase. Because it's so true. And, and there's oh, often right. often the funniest things are the truest things. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. That's how that works. Okay. Uh, Patreon.com slash year. Thanks for listening. Music for the show is by Disasterpiece. You can find social for My Marvelous Year at My Marvelous Year. I'm Dave. That's Zach. That's Charlotte. We'll see you next year. See you next year. See you year. next year. <laughs>